Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and the power of beer compels me. I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are... Nate, reverse that part. <laughs> and this week we're reading The Exorcist by William Peter Blatty. And I'm starting with a beer. And I'll tell you right now, guys, I haven't said this often, but when I say it, I mean it. I fucking won. This beer is from Clown Shoes, and it is a dry-hopped stout. It's 8% alcohol, and it's called The Exorcist. So, you know, unless you have spare a quarter for an old altar boy, Pilsner, fucking button oh, this one up. Oh, that's funny, because right? I have The Exorcist by John William Blatty, <laughs> Sour Ale. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, just for the is... record, you cheated? Because well, well, had the you first, found the yeah. beer first, then you said, hey, guys, let's do The Exorcist. Though he has been saying that for about a year or two. It's true. So. It's been I on our it, list I, for I a long got time. It only a few months ago into the past future. But I do have a second <laughs> beer for later. It's technically not a beer, a beverage that is also would have won. Oh, you got the horse piss Gatorade? Spoiler are you, are you, Jesus. Are you going to down an entire bowl of pea soup? It's just, you know, fuck Jesus, fuck you, Kolsch. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, The Exorcist is a novel. I mean, most people probably know it as the movie, which still fucking scares the shit out of me. It's hilarious. Um, and, uh, God, it, I, I'm afraid. It's so funny. <laughs> no, not if you believe in the right God. So uh, <laughs> this was the novel that inspired the movie, and it came out. In 1971, and mm. uh, was a big, you know, a big bestseller. They turned around real fast because the movie came out in 73, so it was like real quick. He to... And he wrote the screenplay and won an Oscar for it. Is that right? I didn't know yeah. that. That's he, why he, he thinks himself. this is good. Oh, did <laughs> I give away my opinion too early? Oops. <laughs> Power of Christ compels you to shut the fuck up, Nate. It's a, it's a bestseller. Sold a bajillion copies. That means it must be good. That's the only measure we have in America of success. So the book starts, it it takes place in 1970 or so, but it starts in Iraq. In where they Nineveh. are looking for yellow cake uranium. But they, they, <laughs> they still couldn't find it, but they're looking. They're still looking some, for the aluminum tubes. <laughs> yeah, they're looking for an archaeological dig, and there's an old priest guy who drinks a lot of tea and he finds a little statue and he's like this is fucking fucked up it's this is gonna be a problem later at the very very end of the book (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have forgotten you read this part he's a human book end (laughs) (laughs) i call my penis and so he finds a thing and it's a statue and as a history guy this is fucking horrendously wrong history so he finds a statue of like this. I forget if it's Babylonian or Assyrian. they're in the they're in the uh, site of Nineveh of the old capital of Assyria, right? But it's like that whole world of Mesopotamia was really just a lot of overlapping civilizations hmm. over you know the course of a couple thousand years. So a lot of their pantheon got recycled with different names, but he finds a statue of. And this sounds like the name of a really shitty clown, but it's Pazuzu. <laughs> and he's like, oh, fuck. It's Pazuzu. Pazuzu's an asshole demon. And in reality, Pazuzu was not 
a shitty demon. Pazuzu was actually a thing. So the the Mesopotamians. Wait, are, are the, you telling me something in this book was inaccurate? Well, this one no. part. You're telling me that a Catholic on. guy got it wrong about another culture's religions. Is he? Was he Catholic? I don't even know what his deal oh, was. Oh, he's a he's a hyper Catholic. Yes. I, All I, right. Well, I assumed so. Maybe because I went to Catholic school, I was just like that's just how people talk. Um, but oh, yeah. he's 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 basically like a Catholic supremacist. <laughs> I think it's just called being Catholic. But he <laughs> he reported he he went to Georgetown and he later reported the university to the Pope because they allowed people that dis- disagree with Catholic beliefs to speak at the college, and they're like, dude, chill the fuck out. Like the Vatican was like, man, you need to calm down. And he was like, he was like <laughs> setting up like a fucking steak with like firewood. It's like, what? Too soon? Yeah. I mean, he also got divorced three times, so he's not that good a Catholic, but... <laughs> Nobody's perfect, Jimmy. The nice thing <laughs> of being a Catholic is you can get forgiven for all that shit real easy. Just enough Hail Marys and you're good to go. Yes. With great guilt comes great absolution. <laughs> so, um, but to, to, to be brief, the Mesopotamians had this polytheistic you know, worldview... And they had a whole bunch of gods that were total assholes. All their gods were pricks. And the gods were capricious and punished people for no reason. Kind of like the Catholic God? <laughs> well, yeah, but there's like a whole bunch of them. But the, or the Old Testament God. But, yeah. the, but the, the, the gods of Mesopotamia lived in the mountains, which is where like all the storm clouds came from. And you would just like, everyone's going to be a horrific flood that just killed everybody in a shitty village. So they thought their gods were pricks. Um, <laughs> Like it's true. Like their their Mesopotamians had all these like um, uh, like um, aphorisms or whatever maxims or whatever, that were like life sucks is basically the theme of their worldview. Like there's mm-hmm. one that's something like the effect of what the weather doesn't destroy, the animals eat, and what the <laughs> animals don't eat, the weather destroys, and what's left, the mongoose eats. And you're like, what does that mean? It's like life is terrible. <laughs> But they do have, and this is not, I'm not making this up, this is actually true, and it's appropriate for this podcast, if it was ever appropriate anywhere. They had another motto, which was, happiness has a name, beer. Um, <laughs> so they just got fucking shit, drank shitty beer and waited to die. But they also had this other kind of like lower tier of supernatural beings that gets translated as demons, because they were like spirits. And Pazuzu is one of such, one of those demons. But Pazuzu is actually a like they weren't like the demon. It's not like when in the Catholic or Christian worldview, like the demons are like ah, suck my dick, and they fuck your shit up. It was just like spirits, and you could like they had rival other demons, and so like there demigods. was odds. Like Pazuzu was a shitty demon, but not against people. It was a shitty demon against this other demon that was shitty to people. So like Lamashtu or something like that was a demon that made pregnant women have terrible pregnancies. And so there is tons very of, niche. Dude, when you have three thousand gods, like you got to find your and thing. no medical care. It was like we got to blame this on something. They yeah. had they had they had two types of doctors. They had like the alleged medical doctors, and then they had spirit doctors. And so they'd be like, "No, I can't cure that. You got a bad case of demons." Like just, <laughs> which is the theme of this book, actually. Why not but do some cocaine? They got end stage demons. So Lamashtu <laughs> was a shitty demon that would torment pregnant women and give them you know, like terrible pregnancy, you know, pain and discomfort, and lose their child, etc. And Pazuzu was a demon that fought Lamashtu, 
And so you'd bury a, a Pazuzu in your, at your threshold of your home to protect you. So that's what he finds. And this guy, this world expert, is like, look at this. This demon hated Jesus. And in reality, <laughs> it was a totally beneficent creature in their stupid worldview. <laughs> but it got it totally and it was, wrong. And it was pre-Jesus, probably. Oh, by no, millennia. Thousands. It was like pre-Jews. <laughs> it was like ancient. Um, and as one, the guy who's the head of like the Assyriology department at um, the British Museum, I'm forgetting his name right now, it's like Irvin Finkel or something like that, he, uh, he, he said the exorcist, uh, what the fuck is the word? What's the word? Like, Sucks. No. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no. Slanders. The exorcist slanders Pazuzu. It, 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 fuck, it's fucked Slanders up. Pazuzu's a good name. Yeah. I mean, I mean, instead of him just sounding like a shitty Italian clown, he's also a child murderer. So anyway, that's how it starts. And you're like, okay, that was a thing. And in the movie, they actually show the little statue thing. And that is indeed a Pazuzu icon. But that's not at all what it meant. So strike one of many for historical accuracy. This book then, did feel quite a bit like a Dan Brown book, but just less, but but even worse. Just fewer like puzzles. If, if you were yeah. on the Pope's side. So a, a Dan Brown book, but less interesting. Ooh, burn. I'll pray for you, Nate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the main character is a movie star named Chris, but is a woman because it was the 70s. So women had names like that. And she's <laughs> 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 named Chris. Uh, and then, It also goes to show that she's uh, not a good Catholic woman adhering to the roles that women are allowed to be. She wasn't know. even nominally Catholic. No. no. She says she's an atheist. They, they, say, so. one thing, they say at one point is like, uh, they ask her, uh, the, when the kid asks her about religion, she's like, she thought about what she believed, which was nothing. <laughs> so she thought nothing. Oh, okay. Uh, and then she's in this stu- stupid movie with, with a British director who just says, cunting every five seconds, because the only thing the book has going is shock value. So I guess that was shocking in 1971. And then, uh, and then she has a... Uh, a 11-year-old daughter, she turns 12 just after the beginning of the book, a 12-year-old daughter, and they're in Washington, D.C. in Georgetown to to film something to, about this movie. Oh, yeah, she's also divorced. Like, the father's not around. A lot of the book... A lot of the book is going to be like, well, she's just, the daughter, she's just acting like this because she's guilty about you getting divorced. You know, <laughs> blaming it all on the mom. Which was anyway, and, and the state the, of childhood psychology and in their daughter, and the, yeah, yeah, you're right. And the daughter <laughs> is named Reagan, and uh, which is from King Lear, but the nickname and in her the greatest book, president. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> and, and and the mom gives the daughter a nickname, the Gipper. <laughs> she named rags. her Rags. It's like, it just calls her Rags. Well, oh, that's because she got she had just gotten her period before the book started. <laughs> oh, this whole thing is a metaphor for uh, periods, yeah. And so the mom is, you know, just, I mean, she's, you know, rich. She's a movie star. And the daughter is just like, but she, the, they have servants. They like have a tutor. And then they, they have, have like Swiss a Swiss servants. A man's servant. Extremely punctual. 
And definitely That's a part not that Nazis. comes up often. Like, yes. No, it was exactly nine eighteen. <laughs> I saw it on my timekeeping device that V invented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're rich as fuck. If that's what you're well, she about. is a movie star, so yeah, yeah. So, um, but she can't buy a uh, she can't buy a car at some point. She wants to buy a nice car, and the, and the guy's like, "Listen, listen, lady, you don't well, have that kind of money." Well, it's because she made some bad investments, which, or he you know, made bad investments on her part. Yeah, and so she doesn't have that kind of she's she doesn't have that much, you know, liquid capital. It's tied up. It's tied up right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, so at the beginning of the book is largely. Stupidness just doesn't really matter. You you kind of meet the characters, but then it's like, oh, she has a dinner party. Oh, but then like, uh, she hears like sounds coming from like the ceiling cheers, and coming tapping. from the walls, like just tapping. And she's like, oh, is, there must be rats. Must be must be rats in the ceiling. And the Swiss manservant Carl, named Carl Engstrom. Uh, there you go. Named Engstrom. Uh, is like, oh, no, ma'am, there are no, no rats. The, the attic is very clean, very clean. She's like, well, put them up there anyway. Put rat traps, get some rat traps. And more, like, weird stuff starts happening. Uh, at one point, uh, Chris it goes to talk to her, Ronald Reagan and tells him, <laughs> tells her, and, and she's like, oh, who are, you, who are you talking to? And she's like, I'm talking to... Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. There you go. I was going to say Howdy Doody, and I knew that wasn't it. Uh, no, that's I, what you say after you poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Captain Howdy. It's like, who's Captain Howdy? Oh, he's my friend. That it's a cowboy ghost. To. It's like, huh? Okay, that's weird. But, you know, in the beginning, it's just kind of like, well, maybe it's... Okay. A big problem with the book is the book is called The Exorcist. And the exorcist yeah. doesn't show up until 90% of the way through the book anyway. Uh, 85%. But yeah. the, other, the thing is, the whole first part of the book is to rule out, essentially, that it is not some sort of psychological thing that this child is going through. But since you know it's called the fucking exorcist. <laughs> exactly. You only need like one of those scenes. You know, to be like, well, let's and just not, make sure we pretend, you know, let's make sure it's not, you know, Tourette's. And not the middle two-thirds of the book. Like the yes. middle, with it's like really 15% like, on one side, in the beginning, 15% of the end with the actual exorcist. And then the middle two-thirds, it's just like, it could be psychological. The we should check that exorcist, out. exorcist himself is like only the, like 95% because the first priest is not the exorcist. They bring no. the other guy back right before the very end. The exorcism is like the last chapter. Well, let's let's not give away the ending, guys, of a yeah. book called The Exorcist. Uh, okay, so things start to, like, more weird things start happening, and then uh, Chris holds a dinner party with, like, senators and an astronaut, and in the middle of the party... And a priest that plays show tunes. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, in the middle of the party, the daughter, Reagan, she literally goes and, like... Pees in the rug in the middle of the living room in front of everybody. And of course, you know, mom is mortified because, and that's weird. And it's like, huh, that's, and so, oh, it's something. Oh my God, something's wrong. Honey, what are you doing? Aren't you a little old for this? And yeah, this is all, they're also bouncing back and forth between that and the other main character, Father Karras, who's worried about his, quote, immigrant mother with her immigrant accent. 
<laughs> they never said where she's from. She just has an immigrant well, he's accent. Clearly Greek. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would imagine, but um, they just talk about her immigrant accent constantly. And oh, uh, Demi boy, oh Demi mo. <laughs> and uh, oh, Demi boy. <laughs> Father Karas is having a crisis of faith. He believes he's lost his faith, and uh, I'm sure he's gonna get it back. Died. He's a big fucking mama's boy. He is a mama's boy, uh, but he's gonna get it back That's why by he's the a end. Priest. But then they keep talking about someone has ha- has been holding a black mass in the church's building, and they glued a dick on Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> and they shit on the altar, <laughs> and they drew whore makeup on the Virgin Mary. Yeah, this is true. they drew her in whore's clothing, which is like, what does that mean? Like, like tall boots. <laughs> So they put like a big dialogue bubble like on next on an oak tag next to the mirror. It's like, hey, looking for a date. <laughs> <laughs> Number one use of oak tag is children's school projects in elementary school and uh, black masses. <laughs> <laughs> so there's like a third of this is satanic panic, um, and then but it's, but, it, but it's legit in this book. Yes, it is. But we never but know who does it. Yeah, they never really say who does it. I'm guessing it's the, the monster demon, but the monster summons himself. Yes, I mean the demon did it in in the girl. I I don't really know. It doesn't really ever yeah. make sense. Well, I will say before well, let's, let's figure that out later. But um, she takes she starts taking Reagan to doctors, which is what they probably should have done with the real Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh well, you know, uh, uh, so. He goes in, and the doctor's like, does your daughter curse like a fuckload? And she's like, never once. What did she say? And he said, well, specifically, she said to keep my goddamn finger away from her cunt, ma'am. <laughs> and I had so many questions about that. Because, like, how was touching her pussy helping you determine her mental state? They were seeing if she was in hysteria. <laughs> Or is this guy just like the previous doctor to the female Olympics team? And he's like, oh, I gotta check your pussy. That's the first stop. I mean, that guy's in jail that for like a thousand team? years. Yeah. That guy, yeah, yeah. Larry Nazar, for like fingering girls with their parents in the room. He's like, we gotta just, we just definitely have to check your vagina. Yeah. And uh, the gloves make it hard for me to feel. Like, that, why is that in this book? I do not know. Except because for having, it's to show the ineptitude of secular doctors, and also that demons have dirty mouths. Yeah, they because, say "cunt" almost as much as an Englishman. They said "cunt," but he also <laughs> said "god damn," which is bad. That's true. But she says, "Like and the gymnast, so don't touch my pussy." And so they prescribe her Ritalin. Yeah, they they, they go through <laughs> like a whole like a fucking ridiculous amount of drugs and a. a even more absurd amount of suppositories to, to control. There are a lot child. of suppositories, yeah. A lot of like suppository tranquilizers. Like, yeah, like there's nothing this, calming about that from what I heard. This kid is out of control, <laughs> butt drug her right <laughs> now. And they went through her, you see her medical history was, has she had a, you know, anything crazy illnesses in her past? Like, just the usual measles, mumps, and chicken pox. It's like, oh, okay, Jesus Christ, the 70s. Oh. Well, I don't know if that when the vaccine. I mean, we all had chicken pox, right? Nate, yeah, chicken, yeah, chicken pox certainly. She had needles death, and mumps. She's like she's just covered in goiters. <laughs> <laughs> so then they begin 
the long process of testing her. And mom's like, something's wrong. But I'm a weak lady. And she's constantly like crying to male characters. Like, like help you won't somebody just help me? Did you uh, see the doctor who couldn't figure it out? Dr. Klein? Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. He's not Jewish doctor to figure it out. <laughs> Jewish doctor could not figure out what was wrong with this child who needed Jesus. But uh, so she starts getting like more and more like possessed because you that you know that's what it is. Even though from the cover, yeah, exactly from the title, <laughs> you know that's what it is. Anyway, so she's like doing all these crazy things and like running around the room and also like literally like flipping backwards and you know would you say that the demon had its power on display (laughs) (laughs) do it you yeah yeah no go ahead no 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 do yours let's double down double down it's the demons have its power on display by making her crab walk and yell cunt and uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like poop on the floor, whatever demons do. That's what they do. Oh, They're known for pooping on the there floor. There were several descriptions of it just angrily diarrheaing. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of projectile shit. Um, this is a double into pale for Georgian Crown, and it's very nice. Nate, what is your demon beer? So it, it was so like there was just it, when, when Reagan was left alone in the room before she was like tied down with leather straps, she would literally just like crawl all over the walls and make tons of noise. And it's almost like it sound. It's almost sounded like an octopus drum solo. <laughs> <laughs> this is octopus well drum solo by KCBC. <laughs> like man, I can, all I can, all I can think is man. If an octopus could play drums, it would overplay so much. <laughs> I think he'd be eight in, arms. Would be it rush. would just like oh. <laughs> It would just be constant. Anyway, so this is uh, Octopus Drum Solo. This is a double dry hopped, double India Pale Ale, 100% Citra, barley, oats, wheat, 6.6, no, 8% alcohol. Mm. Yep, it's an IPA. (laughs) Definitely. Nailed it. I can tell (laughs) for sure. I can tell from the name. (laughs) Yes. Can tell from the title. No, it's good. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good double IPA. We should say that these beers are brought to us by our supporters over at Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, you could head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club, where you could get all sorts of cool shit, like early access to episodes. Maybe you're listening to it right now early. Thank you. Yeah, you, the one listening right now. Or uh, you can get to vote in our monthly book poll, get shouted out, uh, get shit sent to you, join our monthly book, our quarterly, when do we do those? I don't know, live episodes. I can't even keep track. It's like our Patreon is possessed with content. But you could head over there to find out more about that. Uh, or just leave us a review if you're listening. Uh, or tell your friends or the friends inside of your head to listen to this podcast. And if you leave us a bad review, you can 69 in hell. Yeah, man. And if you don't like it, just fucking don't. Cunt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... so Reagan is getting sicker and sicker. And all of a sudden, British alcoholic man, Burke Jennings, falls down the stairs outside their house and breaks his neck by turning his head all the way around. We don't know that right away. We don't, but we're going to skip through it because it's way well, too no, much pretext. You, no, we have to talk about <laughs> bumbling detective um, the other Rabbi Jewish, character, Mc- yeah. Jewish, whatever <laughs> yeah. his name really was. 
it was it was something very Jewish sounding, and he was a big con topic every time he spoke. Like, oh, I'm a Jew. Lee was basically how he spoke the whole time. Yeah, he did. And he's like, hey, father. Lee. Once again, a Jew that can't figure it out. He does Though the he kind right of does. thing in the end. He, he accepts the, the end. power and love of Jesus. No, his well, name, what was his name? Because it was actually like... It was like Shmuley Dershowitz. It was <laughs> really Jewish. Yassel Ben-Gurion. <laughs> I don't that think was it was that. Not it. <laughs> Pretty sure it was that. <laughs> I seem I remember that it was something. <laughs> Thanks. I remember, I remember wow, that. really? What's the name that exists? Are you sure it oh, was? Oh, it's Kinderman. Kinderman. Kinderman, which by the way, Kinder isn't that doesn't that mean child? It means child man, yeah. He's child man. He's he's yeah. he's innocence. He's <laughs> which means also not knowing anything. I, I think you're but giving Jewish, William Peter Blatter way more credit than he deserves to name him child man. He's oh, innocent. I think he would go there. I think he would do that. Because the Jews don't know about Jesus' love. Yeah, but but he resisted giving this character horns. So it's He's not, always wearing so a hat. You we don't, don't know. know. We don't yeah, know that's that. true. They're hidden very well under his curly hair. <laughs> and his yarmulke fedora. <laughs> So, yeah, so we meet this Detective Kinderman who, in between mouthfuls of locks, <laughs> comes around <laughs> trying to solve the murder, the death of the detective. And he's actually, he's really good at playing dopey around people. I'm like, oh, I'm just, oh, Miss McNeil, yeah, such a fan. Oh, my goodness, can you sign this thing? Oh, my God, I don't even want to bother you. By the way, um, your fucking daughter's window is, like, right over where that dead guy fell out of? What's we that We have to about? mention the window at least once a chapter. Yeah. and um, Nate, have it, you ever seen The Exorcist? I have oh not. You know, I downloaded it, and I was going to watch it, but it looks so stupid. No, it it's, looks no, it's, it's so... Actually, it's actually quite good. It's really good. Really? It, it, it may actually, not scare you like it scares me, but it's good. Yeah, no, it's not It's not scary. Uh, but it, it's actually, it's solid, very good movie. Okay. Surprisingly, it's much better than the book. And I actually like the book, but it is much better than the book. Oh, immeasurably better than the book. Because they, they, the sh- they cut out the, the 80% yeah. of uh, the shit that doesn't matter, which is like the detective. Which, almost the whole book. <laughs> just like, to, to, just like it, the book is Jesus, and um, the movie is Jesus, and the book is the Jews, like as far as William Peter Blatter would be concerned. Oh yeah, like it's that much better. His words, not mine. I don't give a fuck. Those are his exact words. Yeah, those are his words. It's like my this my book was okay, but the I, movie is the second coming. I did watch a thing about uh, the making of the movie, and William well, the director Peter, was a lunatic. Yeah, I do. He was a total lunatic. But William Peter Blatty like wrote a, a a screenplay, and it was so bad. But the lunatic guy, who's actually a smart Freaking. person. Literally went through line, went sat with him, went through line by line through the novel to actually write a good screenplay. So really, and but it was William Peter Blatty that won the Academy Award for the screenplay. But it's like really, you suck. You like someone like basically held your hand all the way through. Did you know they uh, total asshole about it? They ruined two women's spines making this movie. Really? Is that right? There's a there's a scene when the girl, when she's possessed, pushes her mother down, but they wanted to make it very like supernatural strength kind of thing. So the mother flies. So they have her on a rope and they yank her, 
They're doing it way too hard over and over again. And they, it's Ellen Bernstein, and they permanently damaged her back. Like to this day, her back's still fucked up from doing that. Oh, yeah. And one and of the girl, the director was like, no, pull it harder. And yeah. so they actually, Ellen Burstyn's like actual screaming, like, oh my God, that fucking hurt kind of screaming is actually the take that they used in the movie. And also in the movie, when Reagan sits up like she's possessed, they're pulling her on a rope and they and she's screaming and crying. And the take they use in the movie is one where they, they fractured her spine like in real life. And they're like, yeah, that's good. It's practical effects, baby. It's like, that is a, she's a child. She's like a 14-year-old child. They fractured her spine. And they said, yeah, that's a good take. We'll do that one. <laughs> and I'm sure she, she had to continue filming the movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. What was her name? Uh, uh, Linda Blair? My girl, Linda Blair, Blair, yeah. yeah. Fractured I, her tiny little child's spine. No, I had, a, in the movie, like her mouth makes the shapes of horrific collections of phonemes. I had heard that they like had her say other things. Like they were not telling her to say like your mother sucks cocks in hell. Well they like dubbed it so it would look unnatural probably. But like her mouth kind of matches up. Cause they got like some something old... just something that rhymes. Something <laughs> so that like mouth. your mouth your makes mother, similar kind of your shape. mother sits on docks in hell in the... the dock of the bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your mother eats clocks in and well. <laughs> like it doesn't have to make sense, kid. It's a demon talking. Don't worry about it. Shut up so, about your fractured uh, spine. Father Karras. So eventually, Father Karras, who is also a psychologist, that's just very important because he uses his psychology for most of the book, but it's actually fucking wrong about it most of the most of the time. Because uh, his only idea of psychology is giving barbiturates to people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all it was in the seventies. He didn't say lobotomy at one point, but everything was like, hey, do you want to just... He was like, how many milligrams of this sedative are they giving you? And at a certain point, I was like, is he just going to switch over to grams? Like, the the level was so high. (laughs) Like, maybe it's 700 milligrams. Like, just say a fucking gram. We gave her (laughs) 9,000 milligrams. (laughs) Like, you know, like, I think that's nine grams. We're switching to kilos now. (laughs) Just a straight pound of meth. So eventually, Chris is uh, asks like, "Hey, what was the name of that? What was the name of that uh, priest who was also a psychologist? I want to talk to him." Uh, asks somebody who was at the dinner party, and they're like, "Why? Oh, no reason." And then, because well, they're filming at Georgetown, right? And is that like a big Catholic university? Yeah, that that's where uh, Blatty went to college. And that's the school he reported to the Vatican for allowing abortion rights people to be there. And they were like, chill out, dude. We're fucking boys. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, they can't get pregnant. We're cool. <laughs> we're already ahead of you. <laughs> and we're behind them. <laughs> so eventually he's like, okay, I'll go see, see what your daughter, you know, see what's going on. And, you know, and then in the very, in this very first scene, this is the, I guess, really, maybe not the very first scene, but one of the first scenes where you get all, like, the child being possessed, doing all the, like, the possessed things. Well, before this, she, uh, she goes, the mother decides to go to the priest because at this point, the demon has 
made Reagan shove a crucifix into her puss until she bleeds and then smash her mother's face into her yelling, lick me, lick me. There's also a lot of other <laughs> boring scenes of going to some sort of diagnostic test. Yeah. And then she's in like, like, she's in like an institution for like, she's, a, she's in an institution, institution for weeks. Like they, they cut a lot of this out of the movie, I think, because it, it's it, it, such it, a it slow could, build. It could be done so quickly with a few images. Yeah. But there's a part where they go to the shrink and he's like, I'm going to hypnotize you now, child. And then she just grabs the shrink by the balls. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I like that now. He's like, I think your daughter needs help. <laughs> and it just, there's this, and this the movie is has so much of the book. The movie has one sequence that's like maybe three minutes. And I'm, I haven't seen it in a long time because I want to sleep at night. But it has a long, it has like a really brief thing where like the daughter is going into like an MRI machine and, you know, some doctors like very seriously looking at a clipboard. It's really brief and it's just to establish like, all right, it's not medical. The book is like, let's make sure we're going to, it's like, we're going to get a ninth opinion. <laughs> and it's like, well, let me let's see what the acupuncturist thinks. And then just go to every fucking doctor and do every stupid test Thank God this book was written in 1971. Imagine it was written today. How much longer that section would have been? <laughs> it was like, well, let's go to the homeopathic healer and see if uh, let's see if that person can. It would just be Blatty ruling out more things that are not Catholicism. Yeah. So Father Karras, he like his, and it's and really like the the conflict for most of the book is: is it the de- the devil or is it just somehow medical and they're just trying to like find out well it must be something medical and it's it's so much of the book a- anyway so he like goes through these things and he's convinced oh it it's because he's lost his faith that it can't actually be um you know it can't be just a demon or anything and then you do well, also at this psychological things and then catholics he's like, don't believe that that's even a thing anymore except for like a few of them yeah, good and, you, ones. And, and you're getting some other scenes from the detective, but and then it's kind of like back and forth, and then it goes on and on and on and on, and then eventually he's like, you know, after literally, and then it's like 80% of the book, and finally <laughs> Father Karras is like, you know, I think I need to ask the bishop if it's okay if I do an exorcism. But he's also like, hey, does anybody know how to do an exorcism around here? He, he said it was going to be himself. really hard to get permission, and then they like, can I do an exorcism? And they're like, yeah, man, we'll get someone for you. Don't worry about it. Oh, yeah, we're skipping over up. a lot of really good scenes, though. Oh, like, yeah. I know it's long and drawn out, but there are some really cool ones. So I, I feel like like the movie, the director guy, had to, who had won the best uh, director Oscar for The French Connection, the guy who directed yeah. the movie. So he fucking knew a thing or two about making movies. That's what this book needed. Like There are cool scenes and a lot of bullshit. Yeah, that's what the movie only had the cool stuff, and that's why the movie is great, and no one reads the book anymore except us idiots. But he, the the, you know, some of the scenes were basically Damien Karras, the 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 the, you know, psychologist priest, is seeing shit, and he's like, well, it could be this or it could be that, it could be possession or not, and the demon is fucking with him because. You know, at one point he asked the demon questions in Latin, and it's answering him in Latin. And then it's like the demon says, "You're gonna fucking bet, aren't you? Gonna wonder later if you didn't just expect me to say those things, right? Like it's it knows how to fuck with him and push his buttons. It also that's says what weird shit like like um, 
Maybe, I, maybe I'm just reading your mind. And he's like, he's, she's right. She could just be reading my mind. Like, that's a normal thing that could happen. Yeah, there's a, a huge, the biggest load of bullshit ever, um, besides everything else in the book, is when <laughs> he's there and the, like, the mom's like, her fucking bed was off the floor, dude. And he's like, yeah, I've heard about that. And you haven't really oh, heard I, about I wrote that down. The poltergeist effect? I wrote this, like, this, no. uh, this thing I wrote down because it's amazing. He said, it's not that uncommon, and it usually happens around an emotionally disturbed adolescent. Apparently, extreme inattention of the mind can sometimes trigger some unknown energy that seems to move objects around a distance. But there's nothing supernatural about it. I highlighted that exact passage. <laughs> it's just pretending that that's a real thing. And I, it's like, like maybe sometimes I, their hormones just go crazy and become telekinetic. You know, that just happens with teenagers. Sh- they get really sh- moody and they move things with their mind. They have ESPMS, and they can. Do all sorts of you no? Know? Come on, that's pretty good. Um, but I highlight the same passage. Like that's fucking stupid. That had to be stupid in 1971. And textbooks <laughs> in use in Catholic seminaries accepted telepathy as both a reality and a natural phenomenon. Like, oh, okay. Is that true? I mean, I guess so. It's a and they Catholic also accepted thing. the cure for sepsis as penicillin or prayer. <laughs> But yeah, that part was ridiculous, right? So then he's in the room at a certain point with the with the kid, the possessed kid, and it makes the drawer open of a chest of shit while it's the kid is shackled, and he's like, "Well, that happens sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna pull out easy one over on me." Did you <laughs> see the if f- the doctor inspected her vagina for hormones? That was the stupidest shit. No, no, no. The stupidest shit, but also the best shit, was when he was talking to the demon, and uh, he says, uh, I'm the demon, it's, it's him. And I was like, and he said, who is him? The creature loudly broke wind. There's your answer. <laughs> Abruptly, a powerful stench assailed Karis. It was an odor like sauerkraut, Karis. Have you oh. noticed? It does smell like sauerkraut. Uh, okay, because you're skipping... <laughs> a little bit before that, when the demon kept changing voices, oh yeah, and it was like, oh, there's many of us in here. You know, we are legion, which is the thing from yeah. you know, fucking ingestment, everything. And and one of these like, shut up, Himmler, it's not your turn. And then it's like, Himmler is a demon spirit in the child, <laughs> and then it farts sauerkraut because he's a kraut. <laughs> That's what happened in the book. And then they spend another page later on wondering, like, you know, maybe he just suggested that her fart smelled like sauerkraut. So I believed it was sauerkraut, but it, was, it wasn't sauerkraut at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while I didn't maybe she highlight just had anything, a lot of sauerkraut. <laughs> there was a line like, oh, the human body is able to produce an enormous number of smells Farts. under the right <laughs> <laughs> situation. <laughs> There's like a lie about that. It's like with the poltergeist thing. It can fake sauerkraut farts. But, you know, she didn't eat sauerkraut. We know she didn't because she's slowly starving to death because they're basically at this point feeding her through a tube in her nose. Because as a kid, you think she just really want like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) This is going to be a nightmare or amazing. This is peanut butter and jelly squeeze from oh, Prairie no. Artisan Ale. It is a sour ale with blackberry, blueberry, boysenberry, dry roasted peanuts, and peanut butter. See, all those things are delicious on their own. Does it cancel out? Or <laughs> even in bread. It's not bad. 
It's it's interesting. It's um, the drink the drink flavor is definitely berry, just the berries, but there is like a whiff of the peanuts in there. Like when you're breathing it in as you drink, you you can smell the peanut. It doesn't really taste like peanuts though, but it's not bad. This is actually the second peanut butter and jelly beer I've ever had. The other one was a stout. It tasted more like the peanut. This one's this is, more like jelly. This is yeah. This one is definitely. It's, it's just, it just tastes like a sour berry, sour, with a little whiff of a little whiff of these nuts. Um, <laughs> but it's five uh, percent. It's honestly, it's it's pretty good. It's not. It's it is not amazing, and it is not disgusting, which either was possible. Because I do you love peanut butter and jelly. These nuts, always. Yeah, you get you get, sli- you get a slight aftertaste of of these nuts, but um, but that's normal, you know, for me. <laughs> so anyway, we're going, we're going through this whole big spiel of like, oh, is she or isn't she? And Karis, though like, she obviously is, she ob- I mean, it's called the, again, the Exorcist. From, yeah, it's not the it's not the psychologically disturbed girl. And the doctor, it's the exorcist. So you know where it's going. At and, some point... And anybody and who's reading like this halfway now, through, saw the movie first. Everyone knows. The, the doctors are saying, like, maybe you should get her an exorcism as, like, a placebo thing. Well, that's what, that's what convinces Karis. It's not... He's like, I don't know about this fucking demon shit, but maybe that will convince her. You know? It's just... It's just that's the ticket. <laughs> And his mother, in the meantime, has died. His immigrant mother has died and stopped being a drain on the dole of America. And (laughs) (laughs) she can go back to Greek hell or wherever she's from. In her poor Lower East Side apartment or brownstone that would now. No, like lower, like Lower East Side brownstone that would now be worth so much money. Like, just hold on to that. Get a retire on that. She could get so much baklava with that money. So flocky, so problems. But she <laughs> is dead, and he put her in a home because she had, you know, Greek Alzheimer's. So she thought literally everyone was named Nick. And he was like, that's <laughs> it. Got to go to the home. And she dies and like he, 12 minutes after he pushed her in there. Yeah, just like chewing on her shirt. And it's like, this is no so flocky. And then she died. <laughs> and... um he felt really terrible, of course, you know, and, uh, you know, that's what has like rocked his faith and that's all happening. And you're like, cool, I guess. But he's, he's like, what, what is, what is, what, what's the deal with this kid? It is pretty evident to even the blind dead Jewish guy next to me that that's a Catholic demon, but I'm not sure. And he, I love this scene when he talks to the other priest because oh, the guy who's like obviously like trying to fuck him, yeah. The other the guy who's like clearly the guy who, keep, who keeps talking about like how like you know all those priests join because they're gay, right? And he's like, what are you talking about? Nothing, nothing at all. I want to find the quote because I I saved it because it was like wow that was that was direct. He's hanging out. The Dyer is his name. Father he's Dyer. Out. He's hanging out. Brain out. Oh, he's hanging brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> full bat wing. <laughs> <laughs> So Father Dyer and, and Karis are hanging out, and he's like beating around the bush, or as they say in the priest community, beating around the peen. And he's like, listen, she could help. Uh, Father Dyer says, referring to um, the, the actress mommy, who is just a weak, feeble woman. 
She could help us with my plan for when we both quit the priesthood. Priesthood, And Kara says, who's quitting the priesthood? Uh, the other F word, in droves. <laughs> oh, okay. And you're like, oh, okay. Um, thanks for sharing. I got it. Also, clearly not true. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're like, what's that in there for? And yeah, now that you're thinking about it, you pointed out, I, this is some pretty weird Catholic propaganda, but it's like, yeah. what? Okay. You don't like that there are gay priests? Get in line, buddy. But there are... Um, this is this is in the middle of the... the the cop and Karis talking about like who could be doing all these black masses? You know, he must be like a disgruntled priest because he's gluing dicks on Jesus and you know uh, putting nipple tassels on Mary or whatever. I don't know, just weird shit. And it's like oh, well, a butt it's... plug in there. And... Oh yeah, definitely a butt plug. So the whole like mythology. I'll tell you stay a version technically. <laughs> the whole <laughs> mythology. So the, the oh. myth... <laughs> so the mythology around the black mass and like. Oh, we did all these crazy things on a Tuesday, and then on a Wednesday, and then on a Thursday. And oh yeah, it's very that. structured. <laughs> it is very structured. <laughs> it's, anyway, it's, it's evil, but it's not chaotic. Yes, it's, it's ordered. <laughs> you, have, you have is, you have straight orgies Monday, Tuesdays, and then you have homosexual orgies the other two days, and then you fuck an animal on Friday or something like that. It's like scheduled. So the Catholic, I'm sure the Catholic Church really does have like signed confessions of people who said they really did oh, yeah. these things, hmm, but yeah. it's because the people the people were tortured, like like the whole like thing with both with witchcraft and the Inquisition with, you know, shit, this devil worship and all of these things, the black mass. This is people were being tortured, and when you're tortured, you will say anything to make it stop. And even sign the paper afterward. You said you did. Blah, 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 blah. Yes, okay. I did it just to make it stop. Like, isn't that fucking obvious to anyone? But apparently not. No, it's the only to William Peter Blatty. Which is an or ancient most thing, the by the way. Church. The idea of like torturing people is the only way to get the truth out of them. You could see that in like ancient Egyptian sources. Oh, yeah. Like, no, it, it. We torture them. That's the only one that's all there's the truth. Did I ever tell you about the guy I knew? And guitar, their guitar guy I knew who had been in the Marines would tell me stories about his training and how they basically like tortured dudes, like beat the shit out of guys. Like that was training, like is the way he framed it. And he said that we had this one thing, we had like a week or two weeks or whatever. It was like, you're out in the woods, don't get caught by the other guys that their job is to catch you. And like they're gonna catch you, like eventually, or at the end of the two weeks they catch you. But whatever it is, you end up in the same place, like getting tortured. <laughs> and the torture was being put in this like room with no windows, and it's dark, and you're all in there, and you're like bound, and it's just playing at ear piercing volume a baby crying. And then mm-hmm. it's when you like think it can get worse, they add a second baby, <laughs> just like <laughs> this is like symphony of weeping. Horrible sobbing infants, and the whole point of the exercise is like to te- you know, teach people eventually, hopefully with some more coaching, how to keep track of time because they know when you're tortured, you will say anything. So just to know, like, all right, I've been trapped, I've been captured for X amount of hours or days. I can give this information, and they'll think it's valuable, and 
and it won't if you can matter just wait to the mission long enough. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like a twenty-four hour kind of piece of information. At this point, that information doesn't matter anymore because they'll have moved on. Like they'll have done something different. They'll realize I'm you know dead moved somewhere to a new base. Exactly. And he's like, "Fuck!" And he's like, "Yeah, that's the whole point. Like torture totally works to get you to say shit. You know, you'll say anything. It just he says the thing is like, you know." What to say, what to what to not say is what the military trains you for. But what people who are torturing people, especially in the Middle Ages, did not and know innocent like, people, just like regular say, people who are just like you know, you might be a witch. I'm not a witch, and then they just you know bring out the hot irons and you know the the rack and stuff like that. You'll say anything. Yeah, you know what they want you to say. So you will And you'll it. make up more stuff. Oh, I can tell you about even more horrible things. Just make the pain stop. And the Catholic Church is like, print it. That's it. That's <laughs> proof. We, That's we science it. now. We got baby. them, boys. Telepathy is real. It's in the book. It's the poltergeist effect. <laughs> Sometimes you can open a drawer when you're on your period. Um <laughs> so then there's more there's a lot of scenes where Karis talks to the kid. And he does some recording on what must have been like a fucking 700-pound reel-to-reel machine to record the audio <laughs> of this child in 1971. And uh, the, it ends up, you know, spoiler, the kid is it's like saying gibberish. And all the literature is like, that's just, that's just fucking nonsense. And, and then he gives it to his buddy, the linguist. And he's like, wow, that's funny. That, what, a, what a good joke. It was just her talking backwards. And he's like, well, that's spooky. But even more amazing is the sentence when he approaches. I'm just going to read it from here. He, as he approached, he being cares. It, Reagan, or the demon, was watching with mocking eyes, full of cunning, full of hate, full of power. Remember that. It's going to come back real soon. <laughs> Hello, Karis. The priest heard the sound of diare- diuretic voiding <laughs> into plastic pants. <laughs> I mentioned the power, right? So, <laughs> so the demon... That's a loud shit. <laughs> the demon is just shitting and vomiting to offend people. That's what it does. And it's always like, yeah, the sow was mine. But it's really just like, I'm going to shit this kid's bed. And then later <laughs> on, it. during the exorcism, once the old guy arrives, and she has like a fire hose shit against the wall, they're like, <laughs> hey, nanny, get up here. Give this kid a suppository real quick. She's like, ooh, right now? Uh, you want to like clean her off? I'm like, no, we need, we need you to give her a suppository right away. Put a brick of <laughs> fucking, a brick of methadone in this kid's asshole. <laughs> Right two now. Kil- two kilogram suppository now. <laughs> she is technically lubed up with the poop, so it'll go in easy. <laughs> this is so many suppositories. <laughs> oh, my God. So, okay, cutting to, like, basically at the end. So he finally gets permission to do an exorcism, and then the, and then the bishop is like, yeah, sure. And then five pages later, he basically gets a knock on the door, uh, and it's an old guy. Like, hello. Oh, no, they, I they am. Said they, they said they were. I'm your friendly. Get him. Na- I'm your friendly neighborhood exorcist. No, they, uh, the the church said we're going to get you, Father Marin. He's like, oh shit, really? He's oh, like the yeah. cock of the walk, the baby. Big dog. And they, I wrote this down because it made no sense to me. 
It wrote, The news had stunned him. Marin, the philosopher paleontologist, the soaring, staggering intellect. His books had stirred ferment in the church, for they had interp- for they interpreted his faith in terms of matter that was still evolving and destined to be spirit that at the end of time would join with Christ, the Omega Point. What? A big old priest dick. I thought it was some Catholic shit. Him. I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, he's just saying, like, this guy's... Yeah, I know he's cutting edge of science like, and faith, and he's going to bring it all together. It's like if you're doing an elementary school project, and they're like, "Don't worry, we're going to get you Bill Nye." He's like, "Fuck Bill Nye, all right, yeah." Well, he, and then you Father, Father Marin Van Helsing <laughs> to do it. <laughs> That's basically what this guy is. And then Father Marin arrives at the house. He's like, "Hey, I'm here," and the demon's like, "Hey." <laughs> well, the great scene in the book, and this is one of the few scenes in the book that was like directly in the movie is when he gets out of the taxi cab in front of the house and he's there under the under the lamp of the, the streetlight. And he looks up at the house and he's like, it's a fucking demon house. And the demon is like, nah, fucking shit. And just like <laughs> wails. It took a big shit again. <laughs> you just hear just like... There is, you know what? The movie does not have any of the diarrhea. It's just diarrhea. Diarrhea tornado happening. Diarrhea. Even though the kid hasn't eaten in yeah. weeks. It just it's just gotta be like bile at this point. It's like an entire appendix just shoots out and just hits the wall with a thud. Volume wise, it's not that much. There was something else. Oh, we skipped over the other thing though about faith that's really important is that Father Karras decides to test the demon by throwing alleged holy water on it, which is really just piss. And he throws it on the <laughs> demon. And the demon's like, ah, oh, it burns us. And he's like, that wasn't real holy water. He's like, ah, I was just fucking with you, priest. Because I could do Or that. was I? Yeah, and you're like, oh, fucking demons. And that's really the point of the book, right? <laughs> that demons, like, you'd never know. You can't know. You gotta they're have just, faith. They're just dicks. You just gotta have faith. As Limp Biscuit once said. Well, they were, they were quoting the bar George Michael, <laughs> who also said, hey, Want to go blow each other in that bathroom stall? <laughs> <laughs> also, the bard, other bard, Mandy Moore. Oh, I know a thing or two about that. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> I want to be with you. Okay, so, um, oh, God damn, now I'm going to be listening to that tomorrow. And I have this irrational fear that, like, my headphone jack and my phone is somehow going to, like, break. <laughs> and other, I hear my music and other people hear what I'm listening to. And they're gonna be like, "What the fuck is that dude? Li- like, that fucking Mandy Moore? He's like, it's gonna be like, remember the Sarah Silverman show where the guy only had two princes on his iPod? Oh yeah, he's like, he claims to only listen to death metal. The guy got my listen to my metal. Two princes on 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 loop. <laughs> That's my big fear that I'll be listening to something like not cool, and people are like, wow, that fucking guy is really really weird. <laughs> Just he's just listening to Candy by Mandy Moore. It's weird. So then Father Marin shows up, and wouldn't you say? I told you I had another beer. Is he a bit of an exerciser? <laughs> <laughs> this beer is called XR Sizer. <laughs> Hot damn! I won this episode. This is from the Saint Ambrose Cellars something mead thing. And it's the letters X, R, and Sizer, which is a mead made with apples. And it says apple pie in a can. 
probably pretty good. And God damn it, if that's not what it is, there is no God. That is holy shit good. I, I, uh, my father, I had him try this. I was like, oh, look, I got a total wine the other day. And he's uh, a laconic man. And he was like, mm, what does laconic fine. mean? Laconic means using very few words. Mm. And But when um, you do say something, it's epic. Yeah. It's like, but they, it could, it, it could come off as either rude or just mysterious. Mm. It's named after the Spartans. Uh, anyway, so it's, you know, very concise. And so he's like, hmm, not bad. And the next day he bought a case of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking so good. And it's only, it's only 6% alcohol, which means I could drink so much of it before I get full diabetes and cirrhosis. It's mead made with apples. Is that what you said? Yep. How is that different from apple cider? I think it has to do with the quantity, the volume, or whatever of sugar, like where so the sugar comes from. Is there also honey in it? Yeah. So it, if oh, you look okay. at the ingredients, it's honey, apple, maple syrup, and cinnamon. so it's like an apple flavored. You know what? That sounds amazing. As opposed to like just it's fucking so good. Where'd you apple get it? Apple sour. <laughs> <laughs> it's from um, Michigan, but I got it at Total Wine out in. Uh, if I see more, Nate, I'll, I'll pick more. So this new priest shows up, but he's like this old guy who clearly has who has a heart condition. I mean, it's literally a key, po- on, key pivotal more point in the plot. Key thing, hold on, one more key stupid thing that's in the book and was deleted from the movie. There's a book about exorcisms that's in the kids' room. Oh yeah, and nobody knows how it got there. And yeah. then. Father cares like she's because just the uh, the, psych, the, the psychic the psychic lady from the party gave it to Chris saying like here read this mysteriously appropriate book she's like okay and she puts it down and she never sees it again I think you'll need this in the future <laughs> <laughs> and so every step of the way Karis is like fucking Reagan's just copying it from the book so he's all these reasons to believe that she's full of shit. She's read the book, but she's not. She's having she's been her period, so she's got everywhere. telekinesis. She's empty. <laughs> she is shitting like a fire hose, but that's just part of being a kid, you know. She and maybe she's got a brain lesion. Luge. <laughs> it's like so a Nate, chocolate fountain in her butt. Take it from there, Nate. How's so that for a they Finally, <laughs> gets there, gets to the house. And they finally, like, I think I should meet her now. And it's also the middle of the night. Like, in the middle of the night. It's like, oh, no, I think we should start now. Yo, Get yeah, up here, definitely. Doc. It's rush hour on the Hershey Highway. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think we should start now. Yeah. Maybe I think we should take start the right now. <laughs> and then Father, and his name is... Marin. Who gives Miriam? a fuck? Marin. Marin. Anyway, Father, Father Marin. Marin. It's he Lancaster in, Marin. And the... Uh, Demon immediately says, "You won't win this time." Bum bum bum. So you you get some like thing that like oh it's the same demon he's fought this demon before. This must be the demon poo poo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a poo poo. <laughs> it eats uh, a poo poo. <laughs> put the hand in it. it it hurts. They must take drugs. <laughs> hey, do you remember this? Yes, I do. I remember. <laughs> That's the Nate hasn't seen the Exorcist, but he's seen. The... <laughs> so you've seen the point of the Exorcist, then? 
You showed it to me. <laughs> so he comes in and then like then and he starts to like do the do the exorcism. Oh, you know, because they have Doctor Pastor Brother Marin comes in. <laughs> and now like, there's literally only eight percent of the book left because it's like basically over at this point. <laughs> Although there is some, it takes some time, but still not actually that much. It takes time. days, except but it sucks. It's so dumb. <laughs> And they're like, but she's then, probably running out of poop now. <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't but know then, diuretically was an ad- adverb. But then in the, That's the like... of a good... He's a Shakespeare of our time. <laughs> in the final, second to last scene, father, the, the, the exorcist dude, he dies. Like, because he dies of his heart condition, but you also feel like, oh, well, it's the demon that made it... That made him die. Because the demon can see the future. Well, the demon also was pissed that he died. He's like, no, you weak bitch. Get back here and fight me. I'm bored. I like <laughs> tormenting you. But then the father is fighting me. over the kid. The demon doesn't give a fuck. The demon wants to cause pain and suffering. And it's like, don't you... I'm, I'm enjoying hurting this kid. And if I fuck... If you, like, kick me out or the kid dies... Whatever, man. I just want to cause pain. And the priest... Is taking his like nitroglycerin pills, which I don't even know what that is, but that sounds like he's eating. It's TNT. what they take in everything um, for the last forty years to show that someone's going to die of a heart attack later in the story. Is that what? Is that still? Do people still take that shit? Like, they have, I, like think a they, little, I think they I actually know. do. They put them under their tongue. Um, but do you know in the movie it was Max von Sydow plays that old priest? This is where yeah. he got famous. Yeah, he was like forty, like forty-two or something like that. He, but he looks old. like he's a hundred and forty-two. Yeah. <laughs> And he and um the pre, he comes in and and Karis is like listen I've done some reconnaissance on the demon and he's like I think there are at least you know seventeen demons or whatever number he says and he's like no there is only one Zool no he doesn't say that. but there is a poo poo he's like there is only <laughs> one demon and it's fucking with you it's been fucking with you this whole time jerking that priest dick in an unpleasant way. It's one demon. And he's like, how do you know this? Because like, this one's a real dickhead. One lesson on exorcism. <laughs> I know it all. And then they spend a long time just like praying the rosary and shit. In the and they book, never the once movie, say ever the power, the power of Christ compels you. The movie does that. The movie does it way better as with um, every part of the book. But the movie does it way better. In the book, they're just like reading random passages of shit. And the demon is like hawking loogies at them. And yeah. <laughs> that's like really what's happening. It's like vomits. It vomits. The pea soup thing is in the book. And it's like vomiting on the priest's hands <laughs> as it's praying. And it's shitting vomit. on all the walls like a sprinkler. <laughs> it's like when, you ever see um, when you ever penguins. Like Jackson Pollock. Yeah. Why do you think they move immediately after this is done? <laughs> you ever seen when penguins like, we will We will never clean this room oh yeah penguins just shit everywhere oh yeah it's, but it's, like, it's like a shotgun <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it looks like uh, it, it when a penguin takes a shit it looks like another penguin had had a, like a parachute accident and landed there like it's just a splatter of stuff and like what was that it could have been an entire other creature because it's mostly just made out of fish bone well they only eat like three times in four months that is a mad, mammoth shit they take. <laughs> They're possessed. That's it. Penguins are possessed by the devil. Therefore, they take those monstrous dumps 
Prove me wrong, Nate. <laughs> can't can't be done. So science in the final <laughs> second to last scene, the Max von Sydow dies. And then, but the demon is like not quite gone, but it's like sort of no, it's, gone. It's and still then, there. It's totally yeah, yeah, no, it is still there. Eye. But but he did he did a lot of like exorcism damage to it. You know, it's like like the the demon's health bar is it's only down HP. to like ten percent. <laughs> you know, he's only got like one heart left, and then he'll be and then he'll be. He's got half of one heart left, and then basically Father Karis like. Somehow, like he takes does, what the demon every on. priest would say and says, "Come in me." <laughs> we skipped when they try to salt heal her through the power of middle names because they're like, "Please get out of um, what the fuck was her stupid name?" Agatha. I don't know. Reagan Teresa McNeil. And the demon's like, "No." <laughs> 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 Now you're being way too specific. You could have talked about another one. God damn it. You know, I can't get around a direct request. (laughs) Demons are, if anything, all about etiquette. (laughs) But then they, Father um, Karras comes back and he's like, oh, God damn it. Dead guy. I bet you're actually possessed now. I figured it out. I I actually have faith. And then he's somehow able to like, Take the demon in himself to like rescue the rescue the girl, you know. Takes it and then jumps from the window. He like he, he takes, taunts the demon. He says, "He's like you're a pussy. You're taking a kid. Take a take a challenge. I bet take you can't me. come in a big man. Yeah, <laughs> take me. And he, in the movie, it's really really good. We say, take me. And then the demon's like, "This is what you fucking want." In the movie, it's more it's more like sacrificial, like leave her alone, take me instead. In the book, it's like he's like calling the demon weak, like you can't handle this. I, I is it the movie? It's both. I can't remember the movie that well. No, in the movie the movie does really. I mean, the special effects are a little dated, of course, but you could see like the change over. Fuck, you can see the change over. Is it Jason Miller or something like that? Jonathan Miller or something like that is the I name. Have of no the, idea his name. The actor who plays Karis. So he's like, "You're a pussy demon. That's a kid. That's easy. Take me. I'm a man." Take me from behind. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it jumps into him, and in his like last moments, he's like, fuck you, demon, and he kills himself, basically. He jumps out of the window. Just as his homophobic priest friend, Father Dyer, is walking around, who can give him last rites. And that's basically how it ends. And then there's a little epilogue thing. But it was a sacrifice. It was like his faith was restored. Yeah. And he's like, fuck, this is shitty. I am gonna, I'm gonna, f- this is my purpose. And he, and he, and he does it. This is pretty badass. And then he dies. And then it's like, Reagan doesn't remember anything, which was foreshadowing for the end of Reagan's term. Just a few <laughs> years later. <laughs> in 1980, in 1988, yeah. I don't even know what happened here. But then it's just, <laughs> I've never heard of Iran Contra. Oh, tear down which wall? Uh, but then <laughs> he said. So then Reagan's mom like finished filming her movie. And said back to my career. Boom. The end. Fun. Anything else that happened in there? 
We skipped, no, we, we skipped over um, the oh, detective coming to terms with the fact that it was, oh, in yeah, fact, yeah. a demon possessing a child that snapped the man's neck. And he's like, well, what if the priest just dealt with it and I didn't deal with it anymore? Now, that'd be a pretty good idea, Rabbi Von Detectowitz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Mazel tov. <laughs> I'm done kvetching over this case. He's kind of like, I'm a Jew. I don't know what to do here. It was a little heavy. I mean, there there, there are... But close. There are many ways in which the book shows its age, but one of the ways is that, like, clearly the British British director, (laughs) he went there to, like, fucking rape the child and instead got pushed out of the window with his head snapped... The other way around. And then the mom is afraid. Like, she killed him. She's going to be in trouble. Fuck, if that happened today, everyone would be like, good. Good for her. Like, she's not in trouble. He's in trouble. Did he really go there to, like, fuck the kid? I don't know. Well, she was at home by herself. And he and the director, the British director, he came over and somehow Mm -hmm. fell from the window. Well, I thought the I, point was like, like he was there. He was window. talking to the nanny, and then the nanny had to go. He said, "All right, I'll just vibe here because he was an alcoholic. Everyone knew him, and he was just going to leave and went to check on the kid. And he fell down the stairs, quote unquote. But then the mom figured out because the mom does believe that the kid is possessed. Oh yeah, she's the first. Well, one but, well before anyone else does. But she knows, like you know, the kid did it, but it was the demon. I'm going to believe that shit. I don't. I don't get the vibe that he tried to fuck the kid because he was just an alcoholic. Well, he was home alone with the with the child, and then yeah. somehow fell out her bedroom window. So, like, that's what I thought would happen. But, but no one, no one, we know that he fell out the window, but no yes. one else knew he fell out the window. No, no, no the one else did. But like, was like in, at, at the time, but the mom knows. The yeah. mom knows that's what happened. Oh yeah, she knows the kid did it. Yeah, yeah, and, and that, she's that's afraid really big fear. that the kid is going to be in trouble. And that is like, well, that would not happen today, and everyone would be like, oh, good for you. They would wonder how she uh, had the physical strength to turn the man's head all the way around. Yeah, they're saying it would be it would only it could only be done by a big man, is what the the doctor says. Like in my yeah. medical opinion, this could only be done by a big man. <laughs> he didn't even add any more detail, like or you know a strong person. Like, no, it had to be a big man. That's like, it. Could, could it be a, just any big person. Like no, like it would guy. have to be a Fine. guy. <laughs> As long penis. as he has testicles. As long as there was a penis, yeah. <laughs> he probably um, used the penis to do it. I do like the scene where the detective, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, Kinderman. Benjamin Rabbiberg is going, <laughs> Chris McNeil, is that your real name? And she goes, no, I'm really not Esmeralda Glutz. And he's like, well, thank God for that. It's like, it's like. Thank God she's not Jewish. <laughs> thing that's clearly being said there. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, thank they. What he said Jewishly, <laughs> and then he's like, you're gonna finish that coffee, and then like he was a ridiculous character, which was the first thing they must have cut from the screenplay. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid. I mean, Take the cop that. does exist in the movie, but it's not. A huge character. I don't even remember the cop in the movie because that wasn't. Okay, scary, I, I only probably. know it because I was trying to find the name, and his 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 character shows up in the character list, so he's a character. But the whole like vast subplot of him, I don't think is nearly as important. Yeah, at the end of the movie, he has this conversation, or end of the book rather, he has this conversation with um, Karis, right? And he's like, let's just. No, say Karis I- is dead. 
Was it Dyer? No. Wait, at the at the very end? Oh, it's with Dyer, yeah. But is when he has like, let's say hypothetically that I knew a kid that there was a kid who killed a guy. No, I'm pretty sure it was Karis. Oh, that was before the end then, yeah. But he but he had, the ending is him talking to Dyer and someone. Like, let's be buddies. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's go see a movie together and suck each other's dicks. I mean, go, you know. It's it's called Deep Throat. I don't know what it's about. <laughs> Let's but find he has, out ah, together. That was 1973. <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing. That hadn't come but, out yet. But um, in this, had th- dire. There's this thing where he's like, let's just say hypothetically, Father. And he's like, you know, I can't tell you anything because of, you know, priest, patron, pastor, what the fuck the word is, cl- uh, uh, privilege. Uh, priest, uh, priest confession priest privilege thing. <laughs> I don't fucking yeah. know what's called. Um. And then he's like, of course, no, no, hypothetically, you know. Let's just say there was a girl who, I don't know, her name was like, uh, Reagan. And she <laughs> killed a guy. Her name by, was The Gipper. Yeah, she <laughs> twisted his head around and she threw him out of a window. Let's just say hypothetically. Uh, that sounds wrong, but let's just say like a priest could fix that. What do you think I should do? And he's like, I would let the priest fix it. He's like, Thank God, I hate paperwork. Get to town, Father. And he leaves, and he sits in his squad car and beats off or whatever he does. And, and you're like, what the fuck is the purpose of this bullshit? Uh, and that was cut entirely out of the movie, as far as I remember, yeah, which was he good. Just it was he, just jumps, he just jumps out the window and lays dead there, and it ends, right? Uh, somebody comes over, and you could see his hand, is, which was in the book, too. His hand is still kind of moving a little. The guy asks him a question. He squeezes once or twice or something like that. For absolution, yeah. but he oh, dies. Yeah, you want to confess, you know, last, last rites shit. And then um, Reagan though doesn't remember anything. The ending is basically the same. They just cut out the whole detective guy because it was stupid, and they expedite a lot. And there's a way more um, exorcism. exorcism scenes. <laughs> there's more of it because the father, father Marin is. You a much mean more character. than one? It's just longer. More than two, sorry. In in this book, the exorcism scenes are just them being cold. They're just chilly. They have to put on like an extra sweater. It's cold and it smells like farts. The room is covered in excrement. I didn't know that that they did stucco on the walls in here. They didn't. It it must have looked like... Is that Adobe? A coal mine. (laughs) Are we in in New Mexico? It was a Hopi demon. Hopi were doing I was it, hoping right? it wasn't this. <laughs> so it was it was just ridiculous. And um and then it was over. So what'd you guys think? It was really I fucking thought stupid. It, I thought it had a lot of stupid parts. I thought it was too long and slow. But I, I know I liked it. I did. I, I I gave it four stars, but it was really more like three and a half that I rounded up. Nate, you wanna flesh that out with some okay. <laughs> I okay. I haven't seen the movie, uh, so Ever. maybe I or did I like you know I didn't have some previous like you know nostalgia for it or anything. My, my problem is is most of the book is most of it is so stupid. Like two thirds of the book, the middle two thirds is establishing like could it be 
could it could it, couldn't it just be a psychological factor or like maybe she doesn't have enough greens in her diet rather than <laughs> <laughs> rather than it being a de- rather than it being a demon when the book is called the exorcist and that is like it just goes on and on and on about that for so long and just didn't need to be there the book could have been 25 pages if you just cut out the stuff it was like oh you know what that like twisting her head around 360 degrees and vomiting everywhere i think that's a demon that didn't even happen in this that was in the movie right no yeah there was no head twisting of her she twists to some extreme lengths like like an owl thing but she doesn't go all the way around all right, well, yeah. and she doesn't really crab walk as much as she does like suplex. Well, the crab walk in the book in the movie was cut out of the original cut, that was only in the later director's cut versions. Hmm. When she crab walks down the stairs and like vomits or takes a shit or whatever she does at the bottom of the she, stairs, she shits out of her mouth. That, yeah, we're both right. Yeah, <laughs> um, so mostly it was stupid and like it was mostly it was badly written. And it tried to be Dan Brown with less... Obviously, Dan Brown hadn't written his stuff yet, so it's the other way around. But with less research of actual anything, and he was just, like, making stuff up. Not that that matters either, because it's a novel. He doesn't have to say true facts about the Catholic Church or about demons or witchcraft or black mass or whatever it is. He can He can make that up. That's fine. But the way it's written... It's like, oh, this is real. And then the part where the priest, he's a man of science and faith, but he's a man of science and believes that the poltergeist shit is real. It's like, come on. It was 1971. This is well, not this guy, 1901. This guy is a fucking, possibly a, an actual true believer. The author. Yeah. like, like I think the, I think the shit. message of the book be, was that about finding faith. Because like... Chris is an atheist, and she hasn't like taught her daughter to be a, be religious. And then Father Karras has lost his faith because his mother died. And then, but he finds, but it was, but the demon is actually real. Like in this book, there really is a demon, which obviously implies that God is also real, and that you really should believe because obviously the mom believes because you know then later. And then the father, the father Karras dies, learns to believe that it's all real just before he dies also. Like, that's the message of the book, which is just like crime and punishment. That's like the message of the book, and people love that. There's some debate whether you can call it faith or not at that point. If like if seen in a it world for, like where you the know it is, factually, like I saw a fucking anymore. demon, then like, okay, then it's not faith. Okay, if demons were real, then it wouldn't have to be faith. It would just be fact. Yeah. Well, what is this if? <laughs> <laughs> I think the movie improves on it in every imaginable way, as we said. But by this is not the kind of place to examine your faith, this stupid book. And the movie knows that it wasn't either. And the movie's like, no, just fucking demons. They're real. Go for it. I think the only reason why the book was popular and the movie was just shock value. Like, the only thing it had going for it in 1971 was just shock value. Like, it was was shockingly graphic, I'm sure, for the time, for most things. I mean, just look at uh, Hunter S. Thompson and um, uh, the one we read that I'm blanking on, even though it wasn't very long ago. Uh, It was, like, kind of just shock value of all the drug use. 
Uh, no, not that one. Um, the the uh, Las Vegas one. Fear and Loathing. Fear and Loathing. Yeah, there you go. So Fear and Loathing was like really famous because of shock value, I think. And then I think this was this got famous because of shock value. And when the movie came out, there was such a like, was this oh my God, this is going to be the scariest movie ever. And then people freaked out about it. And this was also a time when before VCRs had been invented, where if for a person, if you were going to go see a movie, if you were going to see a movie, you had to see it in the theater when it came out. You could not see it any other time because there was no such thing as home video, no such thing as on demand, no such thing as Netflix. It was like, and people, and then people were, the hype around the movie was insane. So that's why it got famous also. It just, shock value is the only thing it had going for it. Was, was the book famous before the movie? Oh, yeah, it did very well. It had to be for them to make them. I, mean, I uh, you never think know. of the fast tracking of this like un, relatively unknown guy yeah. to then turn it into a movie with the, with the director having just one best director. Yeah. No, that's, I guess. So yeah. it was clearly like I a think, lot of powers are like, make this. This is money. I think and they that were the, right. Yeah, the, definitely shock value for the book. For the movie, I don't think it was just shock value. Like, it's considered to this day. Okay, in nineteen one of the best in nineteen seventy three, it was a shockingly graphic, like frightening movie yeah. for the time. Like literally, I'm talking nineteen seventy three. That's why it, it. it was more extreme <laughs> for than than things that had come before it. Definitely, I mean, if, but if it was, uh, I get it. Definitely had it. Definitely, there was a shock value to it. But I think if it was just shock value. It wouldn't have survived as long as it has. Like it's it holds uh, up uh-huh. still, and there's okay. there's stuff okay. that's there's stuff that. out there now that's base. This is considered like basic, consider like considering compared to stuff now. Because once somebody does one thing, the only way to be shocking is to do something even more extreme. So like yeah, yeah today things are way more extreme, but in in the seventies this was very extreme. It was, it was but it, it holds up as a, a ver- as actually just a it's a it's a very good movie. Aside from like the crazy, like oh my god, that's disturbing. But it's it, it's as a piece of cinema, it is it's considered like a, a masterpiece. No, no, this is around the time when Hollywood movies all of a sudden become way more graphic, like the new Hollywood of the late sixties. This is moved from nineteen seventy three. It's not that far removed of like realistic violence, realistic gore, much more gratuitous violence happening. <laughs> Uh, Jaws. Still no boobies, but Jaws is 75, right? But it's around the same time of like, movies like, go from like, a guy gets shot on his horse and he's like, holds his chest and he's like, I'm dying and he lays on the floor to like, people covered in blood and shit. This fits right into that. This fits right into that thing of like, let's just show shit. We could put an R rating on it and fuck him. We could do whatever we want with it. Let's break a child's spine making this movie. See if I lend a Claire. Care, Blair. <laughs> what was her name? Who cares? Linda Blair. I know what it, I, I was trying to make a pun, uh, but it's it was that was the time. Like yeah, push it, the it envelope. Fit in that. Yeah. Now the thing I'm curious about um, on my 100 percent legally purchased ebook of this, I'm not sure which version I read because there was a 40th anniversary edition put out in 2011. That is the one I did read. I have no idea which one I read. read. I don't know which. I don't. Oh god. <laughs> well. So Did they narrate it spookily. Well, read a, by the author. Oh no! Oh, 
Well, that's did he, he, did he ever tell me to say, like, <laughs> when, when he was narrating it, did he go, like, and then said Kinderman, the Jew? Ugh. <laughs> 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 he sneered. And then said Just Kinderman. <laughs> 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 And then we all, she mentioned Jesus, praise be unto him. <laughs> like, Peace be upon him. It's not even the right thing, guy. I don't know which version I read. I don't know. How are they different? I, I'm trying more to find scenes. out. I want to say there's Is there more pooping? More. <laughs> well, this one says, is there a new character? Is that in possible? A, in a spooky a new, character? new scene. It says, plus one new character in a totally new, very spooky scene. It's not a fucking expansion pack. What does that mean? How do you add a character to an entire book that they cut out? What I don't fucking know. The character's only in one scene. I, I, I don't know who it would have been. Just if they were only in one scene, they clear, that was then cut, it clearly didn't matter. Clearly didn't matter at all. Was it one of the doctors, the diagnosticians that were just like, I don't know, maybe she just needs more iron. <laughs> Take more fucking laudanum. Where they were giving that Librium was the drug. They were just oh, Librium, plowing yeah. into that kid's ass. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here I found it. This was definitely not in the version I read. The single, this is from uh, a, a review of the 40th anniversary edition, which has extra bullshit. The single largest change comes late in the book as an exhausted Father Karras finally manages, manages to sleep for a few hours only to be haunted by a mysterious visitor in his oh. dreams. Oh, I, this is the version I read then, yeah. The sequence is mildly creepy but really adds nothing to the narrative. I, what happened there? He dreams that a priest comes to him. He thinks it's a real thing, but he realizes it's a dream when he wakes up. That a priest comes to him and tells him, like, stay away from that family. And he wakes up, and the cigarettes that the dream priest was speaking were there in the room with him. And he's like, what does it mean? But it was just like, what the fuck was that? Okay. Oh, all right. So it's bullshit. That's all it was. Oh, there. this was the thing where it was like, the okay, so priest. clearly in the, in the 70s, what brand of cigarettes you smoke are like oh, yeah. really important? Because like, oh, he smoked. They were Galoises. Yeah, yeah, he, he smoked a different brand of whatever it was. There were it the was fancy di- French cigarettes that the uh, that the uh, that Chris smoked. Exactly, it's a, and so it was like, and I had this conversation with this other priest who was smoking them, but and then I woke up and it was a dream. But yet the the cigarette butts were there in the room on the, in the ashtray. It's like, okay, great. And you know it was a ghost priest because they were expensive French cigarettes because they talk about all the time about how they have to take a vow of poverty and they're all poor. And earlier when he's talking to uh, Kinderman, he says, got a cigarette, Father? Karis reached into his shirt pocket shirt. Can you go non-filter? Right now I'd smoke rope. On my allowance, I frequently do. (laughs) But as a priest, I usually smoke pole. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, cigarette brand does matter. I mean, he can't be a man if he doesn't smoke the same cigarettes as me. Mm. So saith the bard, Mick Jagger. Yes. It's from Satisfaction. I have no idea. Nate, you know you know this song. I do, yes. I don't know the words. No, I don't know the words either. I'm like, what which and verse is that? And a man comes on and tells me how white my shirts can be, but he can't be a man because he doesn't smoke the same penises as me. You know that part of the song? Mm. It's, it's a famous I part. That part. It's like open to a lot of interpretation. <laughs> Who in the name of Pazuzu, should read this. No one. Just if you like this stuff, just watch the movie. Saying from someone who has not seen the movie, 
just like watch oh, the just watch don't definitely <laughs> just watch the movie. And for me, who actually liked the book, you don't need to read it; just see the movie. Yeah. So this is my second time reading the book, and the first time I read it, but it was like a time when I was reading like three hours a day on the train. So I plowed through this in a day and a half, and I kind of glossed over a lot of the bullshit. Reading it the second time, I was like, man, there's so much. This really sucks. There's so much crap in here. So, yeah, the, I, I originally thought it was great. And rereading, I was like, no, this is, this is the opposite of great, which backwards is Tyrg. And I would <laughs> say the thing that the most important parts of it were made into the movie. And everything that was stupid was, thank Satan, <laughs> excised from it and, the, and, and left out. The movie... Expelled from the movie's butthole. Just diuretically. <laughs> and uh, splashing out over the over the plastic sheets. <laughs> and the movie is way better. The movie's dated, but because it scared the fuck out of me as a child, it still scares me as an adult. Have you not seen it since you were a child? I watch it every like eight years, and then it's like three weeks where I can't sleep with the lights off. <laughs> really? As an adult? Yeah. It doesn't matter how big I am. The demon's a bear. Hmm. They're scary. <laughs> the thing that scares me most about the movie, I'll tell you this, it's not the scenes where she's like, fuck Jesus, or whatever. The thing that scares me that the movie does really well is just totally absent in the book is there are a lot of things where like off, you know, like in the corner of the shot where you're not really paying attention, there's like a face or a thing that moves. Oh, it's like they do with... um. The House on Haunted Hill or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those things. And the House on Haunted Hill ones are probably way more subtle. But these ones, for some reason, scare the fuck out of me. It's like the kind of thing you see when you like... It just, it just brings me back to being a kid, hanging out in my basement where, you know, I have a parent's house when I was, you know, growing up. And all of a sudden, it, I realize it was late at night and I was alone down there. <laughs> And it would happen every once in a while. I'd be like, oh my God, it's two in the morning because it's like summer vacation and I'm a high school student and there's no one, everyone's asleep. And I could see out of the very corner of my eye something, you know, laundry pile, or whatever it is. <laughs> but I don't want to look at it because I'm afraid of what it could be, you know? And maybe that's like, that's clearly I'm a scaredy cat. But the movie has so much of that. And that's what scares me. The start like throwing up on the priest and spitting in his eye. That's funny. Those little things, that scares the shit out of me because when you watch the movie, especially the earlier half, the first half of the movie, so when the mother like first comes into the house when the when the director guy dies, she comes in and it's like all dark. It's like, hey, where is everybody? And it's like flash in the corner, demon face. And it's just it's just there and it's gone. That scares the fuck out of me because that's the kind of shit you see out of the corner of your eye sometimes. And a rational person is like, yeah, that wasn't really there. I you know, blinked and was something. But I'm a, I, I'm not capable of doing that, so it scares the shit out of me. It's just a regular ghost, not a demon. It's okay. I don't want a regular ghost. I want a <laughs> poltergeist effect, <laughs> which has been very documented. So that's the part that scares me the most out of the out of the thing. The book didn't scare me at all, uh, but the movie does because of that. Um, so tonight I'm not going to sleep. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Drink more beer Just hearing about the movie I've told you many times My dad's yelling at, yelling at a story About watching The Exorcist It's just it's just a thing that, Just like thinking about The Exorcist scares me It's like 
It's like, you know, just thinking about some kind ladies can help you in other ways in your life, you know, like when you need to perform. Like this this helps me to be frightened, which is never a thing I want. But if I think about the exorcist, my mind just like gathers on all the things that scared me as a kid and it still scares me. I should probably see a therapist or maybe an exorcist to solve it. As a placebo. Definitely. <laughs> Though in a completely other random note, there was a news story just a couple of weeks ago about a three-year-old who really, a, a three-year-old died in an exorcism. And so this just happened just a few weeks ago after we're recording this. And so people, there are people out there that still believe in this. Well, that's amazing. A three-year-old got all the way over to X. Oh, they're still in like C or D by that point. So uh, the um, death is being ruled, who died of asphyxiation, and the death is being ruled a homicide. And it was a, an exorcism <laughs> in Texas. Hey, good luck apprehending Satan. <laughs> <laughs> or no, there, it's so California. There, Sorry, it's California. So there is a famous Roman Catholic priest who died only a few years ago, uh, uh, Gabriele Amorth or Amorth or I don't know if I can say it, who wrote a whole bunch of memoirs in like the 1950s and 60s about being an exorcist. So I'm sh- I I wouldn't be shocked if those had some. Inf- I've never read any of it. I cannot. I can't. I have one of them on my Kindle. I was like, this must be terrible. I won't even bother. But he has a whole bunch of shit about being an exorcist. He apparently he conducted like 50. I'm not even exaggerating. 50,000 exorcisms. 50,000? Because sometimes you be like... more than one a day. Well, like, some of them lasted a minute. You know, you just walk by, demon, go away. And they're like, oh, thank God. And, <laughs> you know, so... There was a time when a person that I worked with that did not like me very much tried to perform an exorcism on me. <laughs> Okay. This really happened. They really like go? stamped their foot and said, "The devil will take you." And I was like, "Well, that sounds like a reverse exorcism." Oh That's my the God. opposite, I would think. It sounds like they tried to they tried to possess, get you. Possessed. No, they they thought I was the devil. They tried to perform an exorcism on me. But why would you say the devil will take you? Isn't that like saying it'll get you? That that's what they said. I didn't say it. Made, I didn't say it made sense. I just said that's what they did said. It, did it? Did it work? <laughs> oh yeah, I feel much better now. <laughs> Nate said backwards. <laughs> Nate, are you pooping in that chair? <laughs> it's going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is even though we can laugh like, oh, The Exorcist. This is just a you know Catholic propaganda book. There are people that do believe in this. They exist. Hey, there's all kinds of stupid people. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are fucking stupid. Yeah, it's absurd. I will say in the book, Karis gets it half right. Because in the beginning, it's like, the church doesn't do that. We leave that to the scientists. And you're like, thank you. I'm glad. She just needs more fiber. Yeah, you're getting one thing right. I think she's getting plenty of fucking fiber. She's eating a loaf of bread. Maybe too much, that was the problem. 
She had a diet of just sunflower seeds. <laughs> She's just it's like a gatling gun. <laughs> Feces. But you like, three right, pounds. No, that's of rational. Fettuccine. And he's like, you know what? Second thought, demons. <laughs> you know, it's really fetish shot. You know, it is demons or it isn't. <laughs> the demon almost got me. No, I still, I still find the book fucking terrifying. And uh, Nate, I'm sure the you'll book? watch. You'll make fun, the movie. The movie, sorry. Oh, okay. The movie terrifying. Nate will make fun of me because he'll be like, "Ah, oh, you saw a movie. I saw. You know, we both saw the same movie. Like, thanks, Nate." That makes two movies now. Um, <laughs> and he'll be like, it wasn't scary, which is fine. Nate's going to hell anyway. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> the book is not scary. The book is just stupid. It's just stupid. It's just way too much of them trying to explain what it's is like today. It's like if Michael Crichton wrote a Jesus book. It's like <laughs> antiquated. It's like, what is an EEG. <laughs> like, that is a fucking basic that's an, thing. That's an electric extra ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it oh measures God, the ghosts this? in your blood. A thermometer? Where does that go? <laughs> it goes it goes in your butt. Oh well, yeah. Let's get to God book. Alright, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkeyesbookclub at gmail.com. Or follow us on Twitter at drunkeyesbc. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. And if you've listened this long, why not uh, head over to patreon.com slash Drunk Guys Book Club to support the podcast before you suck cocks in hell. Uh, that was very <laughs> strong. I'm sorry. That was that was mean. That, but but just to be safe, head over to patreon.com to support the podcast or leave a review. We'll save you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll pray for you <laughs> if you do it. <laughs> And you can join us on Goodreads where we talk about things like 69ing with Jesus. And check out the Hubtub Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.